What's up, bruh? You're listening to an FTCR podcast. <laughs> Nerd. So, hello, everybody. Um, I am FTA. And I'm Jonathan. And we're back for another uh, special episode of Sonic Says. This time we're joined by Archie Arthur superstar Matt Holmes. Hey, guys. How's it going? Uh, very well, thank you, Matt. All the better for you joining us. And again, Matt, thank you so much for um, for joining us. How are you doing oh, today? For having me on. Uh, it, 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 trust me, the uh, the pleasure is is all ours. Now, um, I just want to start off right at the bat. I think Jonathan and I are both agree, big big fans of your work and oh, as yeah. a colorist. Now, you've been you've done um, work in terms of um, coloring for. The, the main Sonic Burke universe and uh, Mega Man, and you currently the main colorist on Boom. Uh, yes, sir. Yeah, no, like those, uh, those as well as, uh, oh gosh, New Crusaders and Archie Babies and a bunch of other stuff. Like, uh, I, yeah, I didn't know about Archie Babies. <laughs> uh, Archie Babies. Okay, like uh, imagine the concept of Muppet Babies. Yeah. But- uh, Archie characters. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, mean, I, I, think, I think something like that is a common thing. I mean, like, there was that Sonic Kids yeah. special and stuff. I mean, oh, yeah, like... yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. <laughs> Everything is always made better by babyfying it. <laughs> so I guess, um, Matt, one of, one of the first questions to kick off would be, how did you first get introduced to the world of Sonic the Hedgehog? Uh, oh, gosh. Um... <laughs> Uh, I think, like, honestly, like, I was always kind of, uh, first off, I have a confession for you guys. I'm more of a Super Mario player, uh, when it comes to video games. Uh, but, like, I grew up in the 90s, so, you know, like, I was always, like, uh, uh, the argument of, of Sonic or Mario, Sega or Nintendo, you know, like, I mean, that was, that was part of my, my recess discussion, you know, like, mm-hmm. so I was always kind of conscious of Sonic in that way, because he was... He was the the not Mario, you know. He was. The... Um, but, <laughs> I think that's uh, a new tagline. <laughs> the first time I got like kind of uh, uh, introduced to it is honestly for the cartoons and comics. Like uh, mm. uh, the first issue I ever bought was Sonic the Hedgehog number two okay. of uh, the main wow. series. So after like the Scott Shaw miniseries and everything, yeah. and. Uh, that was like I bought that at like a convenience store. I was seven or eight years old, and it actually had Scratch Grounder and Coconuts in that story. Nice. So like, oh hey, yeah, this is this is from the cartoon, you know, like. Uh, and so that was kind of my first uh, my first introduction to it. Like uh, I think after that, I got into the video games. Like I bought uh, like I, my 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 folks got me a Sega Genesis, and I got Sonic the Hedgehog two, and I was like. I think the only game other than maybe Power Rangers that I own for the system. <laughs> so, uh, has, has your view changed now? Are you more of a Blue Blur fan, or does your heart still belong to the uh, Mushroom Hero? Oh, gosh. Um, I'm sorry to say, it still belongs to uh, to, to, to the plumber. So, <laughs> well, like, But, like, the thing is, is I love Sonic, though. Like, I mean, like, I really love Sonic, but, like, for me, uh, it comes... That, that, passion and interest comes from like the cartoon series and the comic mm. books and all that uh and not necessarily like the games and such like i play them uh but i've always been notoriously bad at them so. well i mean it's i think it's fun as i think you know mario is about as much as we we all love sonic here mario is without question the king of video games I so about that. <laughs> <laughs> i'll stay in denial my whole life <laughs> 
Jennifer, we have to talk once once we're done about this. Um, and you know, I you know, as they've 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 teamed up now. Sonic, you know, it used to be it used to be a very Sonic or Mario. You know, now it's like they're in games together. You know, they've been sure. like countless countless poorly made mini game games. So it's all it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> um, so moving on from from that, then how when did you first feel your love of drawing begin? Um, oh gosh, uh, pretty much all my life, I would say, like, uh, you know, like I, I was a kid and I used to draw my own, uh, like I used to draw my own Sonic and Mario, uh, little fan comics and stuff like that. Uh, just, you know, like on, on the printer paper that would, uh, that was attached. If you remember that, that yeah, oh, yeah, the, the reams. Yeah. I remember like, those. Paper. Yeah. No, like, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm that old. So <laughs> I, I think I have a few on on reamed paper too, <laughs> right? So mm-hmm. now, um, as a colorist, um, how much influence do you take from, um, say, the video games or the cartoons? Like, uh, do you do you actively go to reference them? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, especially, I mean, like, uh, so these are our our licensed books. So like. Uh, uh, there will be a lot of locations and things that show up from the video games. Uh, and so, uh, I am, I am constantly going back and, uh, in an ideal world, I'm playing the game myself, uh, more often than not for time, I am looking up let's plays on YouTube, uh, to, to find, uh, to find what the, the colors for these different locations and everything look like. Uh, some of them are easier to translate than others. Like, uh, uh, I actually find that, like, uh, when I worked on Mega Man, like, all of his old, uh, 8-bit stuff, you know, like, I would be able to, to work with those color palettes and, and, uh, be able to translate those to a comic book page, uh, a lot easier than, uh, some of the brighter stuff from, like, Sonic's, uh, 16-bit adventures, so. Now, um... Is there an official, like, base Sonic Blue that you go back to? Is there, uh, like, an official there, named color? Or? Uh, I'm sure there is. Uh, the one that I typically use is, uh, uh, I forget, like, uh, in Photoshop you've got, like, actual, you know, codes for this. Yeah. But basically yeah. it's uh, 100% of cyan ink and usually about 75% of magenta ink. So. <laughs> That's good, because, um... Going back to um talking about comparing the um color schemes of the games because I think a few weeks ago I think you and I were actually going back and forth on Twitter you because you were talking about I think it was coloring um Gemini Man's background for the Mega Man Three adaptation yeah and um I think I think you were saying that it was kind of um it was kind of of a double edged sword when you're working on a licensed book because it kind of it kind of um half of your job's kind of done because you can kind of go back to, to the game and you kind of, oh, so, it, you know, it kind of solves you the problem of figuring out what colors should be. But I, mm-hmm. I, th- I think you're like, it kind of, um, in a certain way, it kind of takes away creativity because I, yeah, I can't really deviate from this because that's where I was supposed to be. Do you kind of prefer working in that direction where, like, you kind of know exactly what you have to do but you don't kind of have the freedom to kind of change uh, things? Yeah, a little bit of both, honestly. Like, uh, uh, on one hand, you know, like, uh, uh, having a lot of freedom, you know, like, it's it's really handy, and, you know, like, I, I get to do a lot of different things. Uh, on the other hand, like, when I when I have a palette that's already kind of uh, predetermined because of it's a location from a game and such, uh, there is some challenge to it, you know? Like, there is a lot of uh, trying to make that work uh, 
in in a comic book format. And then there's also the fact that like uh, uh, it kind of encourages me to to try out uh, palettes and things that maybe I would not consider normally. Like uh, uh, I'm I'm pretty generic. Like I I will make things you know like blue skies every day. You know like uh, uh, keep it really simple like that. <laughs> Uh, but like, you know, like you get to someplace like Gemini man stage, uh, and you've got like all these, uh, the, the, the purples and things, mm. you know, like stuff that I would not normally do. Uh, and you do, you know, like snake man stage was a lot of fun. Cause it's just this whole, whole area just, you know, like basked in this green kind of glow, uh, and really dark and lots of caverns and stuff. So so again, for, 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 um, for something like that, then is that does Archie and or Capcom come to you and say make it like the games, or do you just take it upon yourself to because the games are there to yeah. kind of just do make you, it look? Do you get that? a lot of notes like um, like feedback from like Paul or someone like, hey, this isn't uh, as close as we would like it to this. Like, is there a lot of um, like, like commenting, like back- backhand, yeah. like you know, drawing as it, as it were. <laughs> Sure. Um, yeah, uh, no one has ever, like, uh, uh, I think, honestly, the notes are usually in the script where it's like, hey, this is such and such location, you know, like, uh, uh, and no one's ever been like, uh, Matt, by the way, like, make sure that this is totally like this location and such. Um, but uh, I, I've always just kind of uh, favored that because I'm like, you know, I, I look at it and I want to make it look uh, as true to the material, like the source material as possible. Uh, so, you know, like I, I will reference the games and everything, uh, reference cartoons and stuff. If that's available, like, uh, uh I've got a lot of, uh, handy art books, uh, especially for Mega Man because Capcom, uh, or not Capcom, Udon, Udon. Uh, reprinted, uh, yeah. the, the Rockman 25, uh, book that's just got all this amazing concept art, uh, from the Mega Man games. So I've got those on hand. Yeah, uh, as one of my all-time favorite business expenses. I agree because so. uh, my a friend, uh, I got this as a Christmas gift for my friend. That is one of the greatest books ever. Doesn't right? that have some of your artwork or your your coloring work in that? It has. It has um, some of the Archie covers. Does it? Okay. I, See, I, I got. I uh, I've got when it was uh, the first time they printed them. Uh, Mega Man and Mega Man X. They separated the two books, uh, so I got that one. Uh, so I haven't picked up uh, the, the re-release of it where they combine it all. They combine it and they have a bunch. They they show some of the um, the Dreamwave stuff. Oh, yeah. And they have... Uh, I'm trying to find the page because they yeah. definitely have covers. Because I, I could be wrong. I just... I remember... Uh, I, I remember there being... Oh, no, there, there are, there, there are there covers. It's, it's stuff, up to like issue like 30, I think. Yeah. Like 35 okay. maybe they go up to. But yeah, they... You know, I think I may have found it. But either, either, oh, here we go. No, sorry, up to issue 21. Oh, okay, cool. So I would imagine, because I mean, you started on Mega Man in issue one, didn't you, doing the coloring? Uh, yeah, right at the start. I started uh, coloring uh, the interiors. I think uh, uh, I think it was maybe sometime in the first year that I did my first cover coloring mm-hmm. uh, for it, on top of uh, Patrick's artwork. So, Is there mm. a difference uh, at how you look at coloring when you go... In as uh, as going in to do uh, interior pages as to uh, cover work, a uh, little bit. I mean, like uh, cover artwork, like uh, uh, 
sometimes, you know, like uh, we approach it like a little bit more design influenced mm -hmm. and we want to try, try to make something that'll just, you know, like, I mean, we always want to make something that'll uh, pop. Uh, but sometimes it'll be a little bit more graphic designy, or sometimes you know, like uh, uh, we get to play with just different, uh, different, different palettes and things on the covers than we normally would uh, interior-wise. Uh, typically, like covers, mostly it's just like more time and energy and mm -hmm. effort goes into it. Uh, whereas the interior artwork, like we're we're on a pretty tight deadline usually, you know, like so we we want to get it uh, get it done, get it out the door, so. Did you did you find um, the way you would color Sonic from Mega Man? Did you would you give yourself like a different? Uh, you would say maybe put more shading in one or the other, or is it just kind of you had like one style you would use for every? How, how was your mindset going into? How did it yeah. differ from going into each? Um, well, typically, like with uh, with the uh, Mega Man comics, like I uh, the first arc that uh, that we did was drawn uh, by by Patrick Spaziante. Uh, and it was, uh, for one thing, like very, uh, intimidating and exciting, uh, cause Spaz drew stuff like when I was a kid, uh, reading these books, you know, like, uh, uh, but it was also like, you know, like, all right, like, let me like step up my game, you know, like we did a lot of, uh, uh, very, very different kind of shading and all that kind of stuff, mm. uh, uh, on the first couple issues. Uh, and then Gary Martin took over, um, on inks, uh, with the third issue. And Gary is, uh, I think he's described it as he does like kind of like a Disney line, mm. uh, so to speak, on it, where it's just this really bold, clean artwork and everything. So I started to kind of shift uh, to, to more appropriately uh, uh, work with that kind of line art. Uh, so it became a lot more like the Sonic stuff that I did, you know, like working with, uh, with guys like Tracy and Jim Amash. Uh, so it started just being much more cell shaded and everything. Uh, started taking a lot of inspiration from like uh, uh, the Capcom artwork, especially okay. for like the the later games, uh, and yeah, like uh, uh, so it kind of got a little bit more simplified. And honestly, like at one point they had me color in like I got to color uh, all the Archie action books, so I was coloring Sonic, Sonic Universe, and Mega Man uh, simultaneously, and this was leading <laughs> into the uh, crossover. So uh, <laughs> I, I, I joked with them. I was like, well, you know, like I'm just gonna we're coloring it all like in the same kind of style basically because we're preparing for you know like when they're having to stand side by side mm. so. so um uh more on uh switching up how you uh you go into coloring for different pencilers and inkers does um how how exactly does your your uh how exactly does that play into like um is it is it more important uh, to also, is it more important to uh, look at inks or, or pencils, or how how do you weigh um, the artwork that you're going to color, and how does it differ from like issue to issue and person to person? Uh, sure. Well, I mean, like, there's there's a lot of uh, there's it's a little bit of both, honestly. Like, uh, uh, there's a lot that goes into it. Like, because uh, I mean, like, uh, part of it is also the tone that you want to strike with the series. You know, like. Uh, uh, thankfully, these are all, um, you know, cartoony characters uh, from video games and everything. So uh, they all tend to, to uh, go towards, you know, like the, the, the kind of coloring that I like, which is just like very bright, very fun, uh, you know, like uh, very, very exciting uh, bowl of candy kind of coloring. Um, 
but uh, in terms of the the style choice and everything, like uh, a lot of that is informed by the penciling and inking. Um, you know, like uh, uh, if it's a very very clean, uh, precise line, like I don't want to go in and necessarily you know like do uh, very painterly kind of stuff because you know like it's gonna look a little bit uh, uh, like uh, just it, it's not gonna feel like it matches basically. You know, like uh, uh, but uh, for the most part, you know, like uh, uh, everything like the line arts and stuff that they use uh, tends to be very bold, tends to be very graphic. You know, like uh, and basically, like, uh, uh, yeah, it's it's informed uh, by by the stylistic choices of, of uh, the team before me, you know, like, because I want to do uh, the best that I can to to make it look uh, like everything's fitting together, you know, like uh, uh, I'm the last person uh, in the assembly line before it goes back to the production team to get ready for print, uh, so I'm trying to just make all those pieces kind of come together uh, right there at the end. And uh, it's a little bit of uh, also like on on Mega Man especially because on Mega Man we would have uh, a new artist typically for every arc. Uh, so part of why you never saw the inkers or colorists or letterers change uh, was because we were all basically there to to make it as seamless of a transition as possible. Like every pencil mm-hmm. is going to draw it a little bit differently, but having all those guys there, you know, like we would. Uh, essentially, you know, like add the continuity from issue in arc to arc. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> um. So going back to Mega Man, I mean, you started you started that book. You uh, uh, you were the you were the co- well. I mean, you didn't like you didn't create Mega Man, but you uh, <laughs> you started the colors on that book. Like you were the first color on that uh, colorist on that book. Um, how was it? you know, putting in uh, all these issues and then um, leaving to go for boom. Was there, was there some sort of like, like emotional attachment to being like, you know, Mega Man was my colored book or. Uh, Yeah. I mean like a little bit, like uh, uh, I, I do miss, uh, I miss the heck out of Mega Man. Like it was a very, very fun book. Like uh, 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 they, it was always very uh, challenging and interesting. Like uh, much like, I love Sonic Universe for the same reason. Like, you'd always get, like, very different environments and things, like, uh, different stuff to uh, play around with. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, and uh, so so leaving it, like, when I was going to do my final arc uh, to before I started on Boom, because they really wanted me to take over and do uh, Sonic Boom, uh, I, was, uh, I was like, all right, like, well, here's the thing. Like, uh, I think it ended up uh, overlapping slightly. I was like, uh, I asked my editor, I asked Paul, I was like, hey, like, I really want to at least finish off uh, the first half of the, the Mega Man uh, 3 adaptation, which is uh, the when he fights all the robot masters and stuff. Because yeah. uh, that'll get collected in that trade and everything. And I was like, I really want it to be uh, consistent throughout. You know, like, I want to finish off that arc. And uh, Paul was agreeable to it. It was really awesome. I uh, got to really have a lot of fun with that uh, that final four issues, and uh, I think the final issue, like uh, uh, Mega Man fights Hard Man, and uh, that's so much fun. What that fight is so much fun. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Well, and it's like Mega Man, like in like a mining facility, like uh, or something like that, just a bunch of caves or something. Yeah. And uh, so I was like, all right, like you know, like come full circle, because I color this a little bit differently than I did in the beginning. So I was like. 
uh, I'm going to, like, uh, this is just something geeky that I, you know, was like, well, this is for me, because I don't think anyone will notice this, but, uh, uh, so I color-picked everything in the, uh, the Hardman fight from, uh, issue two's Gutsman fight. So all the colors and everything, like, those are exactly the same palettes and all that. Oh, thing. nice. Uh, that first, uh, Gutsman fight. So... I don't know. That's, that's almost that's, that's really touching. It's, like, <laughs> it's one thing you said about, and I I respect someone saying this, Matt. When you said you want it to remain consistent, because there's, I mean, obviously we know that um, sometimes artists for like they, they um, for whatever reason like time constraints were aren't able to finish an arc, or if like an inker changes but the pencil stays the same. Yeah, or because like, there's sometimes in, in some of the uh, some of the trades, like when the, the inker or pencil or um, colorist changes, like you can you can tell the difference. And mm-hmm. I said I I don't mind different artists for different stories but I always prefer if like for a one story if it can be consistent because I'm thinking of thinking there was um the, the Sonic Universe Silver Arc where like the colorist yeah. changes halfway through and like it, it, it's like both colorists did a good job but they mm. weren't really the same and it's kind of when you read it as one story it kind of becomes jarring to me because mm-hmm. like it's yeah. kind of like halfway through the story just changes its art direction for some reason yeah uh, well, I mean, like, there's a lot of stuff that happens, you know, yeah. and, like, uh, uh, people have family emergencies or, or, you know, like, different time schedules and stuff. Like, oh, there's uh, uh, been a couple books where I've had to uh, turn them away and, you know, like, I was like, oh, man, like, I wish I could have done those, you know, like, because of uh, scheduling conflicts or something. Like, I think the the final issue of New Crusaders actually got uh, colored by uh, uh, Steve Downer, and he yeah. did an amazing job on it. Uh, but, like, uh, uh, that was one that I was supposed to do. But uh, at the time, uh, the book, New Crusaders, was running late. Uh, so it was going to be kind of a panicked uh, rush job to get it done in time. And it was coming in right on the heels of the fact that I was starting Sonic, Sonic Universe, and Mega Man, and also doing the first issue of the the first Worlds Collide uh, event because that had uh, an accelerated schedule because of all the approvals that it would have to go through. Yeah. So like, had I done the final issue of New Crusaders, I'd have been coloring five books that month, and I just could not do it. <laughs> That's a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, when you when you have to like mid arc, if someone started coloring and then you have to say the next issue come in and pick up where they left off, do you get to see their work to work off of that or to try and keep consistency? Or are you, are they kind of like, well, this is kind of how it was and you should go and do it. Mm-hmm. Um, ideally you get to, uh, to see the work that kind of came before you and, and, uh, try and match that. Like, uh, uh, again, sometimes like, I mean, like, uh, uh usually if, uh, uh, someone has had to, to leave something abruptly like that. Like it's, it's usually like at that point, uh, a schedule thing. And, you know, like, so at that point, like sometimes you, you mm-hmm. hope that you'll be able to, to match the style with what came before you. Uh, sometimes it's just like, Hey, like it, it needs to, to get done. Uh, so just, you know, like concentrate more on that than necessarily, uh, trying to match, uh, the style. Hmm. Just as a uh, quick aside, have you have you had a chance to see where Evan Stanley did? When it, cause I believe she coloured the first Mega Man arc after you left. Have you had a chance to see what she did? Uh yeah, no, I've gotten to see. Uh, I got to see uh, some of that. No, like that's uh, some really uh, gorgeous stuff. 
it, it, it was um, it kind of took me because it's so different to how the book normally yeah. looks. But it was, yeah. I liked it. But it was very, very different. <laughs> I, I think, I think because it was a tonal shift too. Because mm. there was that big tonal shift. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, no. It. Uh, I mean, like it uh, on the whole, like that. Uh, that second half of that arc gets. Uh, really really serious tone yeah, it's pretty dark. Uh, and uh so yeah no like i i thought it looked really great also um so going into um go back to a bit about how you got into comics how, how did you first land yourself at archie uh <laughs> oh gosh um all right well that uh goes back a little bit of a ways yeah. um <laughs> didn't you didn't you start around the same time as tracy and ian uh, a little bit after them okay so uh okay so like the start of it is that uh, uh, back in summer of 2004, uh, I had just graduated high school, mm. and uh, I uh, honestly, like, I was one of those students that was probably, like, decent at self-directing my studies, but, mm. like, really bad at, like, the, the uh, you know, like, making it to class on time and participating yeah. and all mm. that, and so I was like, well, I'm going to take a, a year off off of school, uh, to, to kind of, uh, you know, like see what's out there. Uh, and then I'll consider, uh, going to college. And, and at the time, um, I was on DeviantArt and I had done, uh, some, some, uh, Sonic the Hedgehog fan art. So I was kind of plugged into the, uh, much smaller than, but still gigantic Sonic fan art community on DA. Uh, uh, and I knew a couple guys, I knew some guys that did their own, um, Sonic fan comics and they were all part of, uh, they were all kind of consolidated on this website called sonicverseteam.com. Uh, and I think that site actually still exists. Um, and so I was on the site and I was looking around and I found this one comic that I was like, oh, well, this is like, this is really cool. Like, this is like a dark mirror version of Mobius that uses characters that at the time you didn't see a lot of, like Bean and Bark the Polar Bear. Uh, and it was written by one Ian Pato Flynn. Uh, and that was called Other M. Oh my gosh. And, yeah, yeah, taking it back. Um, <laughs> and uh, so I, I like redrew some pages from Other M and sent them to Ian uh, as a portfolio. And I think he was quite taken with it because he was like holy crap like no one's ever sent me a portfolio for anything <laughs> uh and uh so he was like you know like, this guy's serious and he was like okay well we've got a story on our m that we need someone to fill in on mm. uh so i did it in like a week or something uh and you know like ian and i started chatting became friends and worked on uh our m stuff for like two months before he put up uh this big announcement that was like hey everyone like i'm so sorry but i'm leaving sonic fan comics for reasons i can't disclose mm-hmm. but stay tuned exciting things on the horizon and all that uh and i read that and i emailed him immediately and uh being the cunning detective that i was i was like you sly dog you're working for archie <laughs> <laughs> and uh he was like yes 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 and please keep that on the dl so, and, uh, you know, like I, I was super excited. I was like, holy crap, like here I am, like now I know someone that works in comics. <laughs> uh, and so, you know, like for all of 2005, Ian and I like worked on, uh, independent projects together that never really got off the ground any place. Uh, and, uh, I, I kind of hit this place like towards the end of 05 in which I was like, well, 
I've been out of school for longer than I originally planned, and I should probably consider going back. But, you know, like, I I still really want to be uh, drawing comics, you know? And uh, so I was like, well, I love the Sonic comics, you know? Like, I grew up reading these. Uh, I know someone there now, so I, you know, like, put together a portfolio, and I reached out to Ian, and I was like, look, man, like, we're, we're friends, and I will totally understand if this is, is, this is crossing, like, a weird professional line for you, uh, you know, like, uh, uh, but it would mean the world to me if you would just, like, not even a letter of recommendation, but, like, a letter of introduction, like, just, like, something, something like that, uh, you know, like, uh, uh, would be amazing, and Ian uh, graciously agreed to do it, you know, like, uh, he, uh, uh, he told me that, honestly, like, all he did was just email uh, his editor and was just like, hey, like, a, a friend of mine has sent uh, a portfolio in. It'd be cool if, you know, like, uh, uh, when you have a spare moment, if you could look it over and let him know what you think, you know? Like, uh, uh, and sure enough, like, two months later, out of the blue, I got a call from Mike Pellerito, uh, who was the editor at the time. And uh, he was like, Matt, like, uh, got your portfolio. Um, this is unpublishable, but, uh, we're, you know, like, please resubmit, you know, like, please, uh, show us, show us more of what you got, you know? Uh, and, uh, you know, like, to, to, uh, 20 year old kid, like, that was, I was over the moon. Like, I was so excited. And, uh, so I, I began, you know, like, uh, uh, doing the thing where I would redraw some stories, send them in, get critiques on that. Uh, eventually it got to a place where they were sending me sample scripts. So I was drawing off of those. Uh, and in the meanwhile, uh, while all this was going on, like I had started to go to conventions like comic book and anime conventions and selling artwork, uh, taking commissions, uh, doing some, some other freelance stuff, uh, taking a lot of coloring commissions actually, uh, which, uh, I had found I was incredibly comfortable with. Like, uh, suddenly, like, uh, I'd been going through the process of doing these uh, these penciling pages for a portfolio and really struggling with that, and suddenly I was getting these coloring commissions for different things, and uh, I found that I was really, really comfortable and excited about them. So I was like, well, maybe all this time I thought I wanted to pencil. Maybe really my calling is doing coloring. And uh, so I, I remember I met... Ian face-to-face for the first time at Heroes Con in 2006, and I met Tracy face-to-face for the first time there, and I bought a bunch of pages from Tracy uh, at the convention, and uh, I took them home, I scanned them, I colored them, uh, I showed it to those guys, they liked it, and I showed it to Mike, and he was like, well, this, this is nice, but, like, you know, like, we're, we're good on colorists, like, uh, you know, like, uh, focus on the penciling, and I was uh disappointed but at the same time you know like i was like still super excited to be carrying on with this you know like still super excited to be trying to to do uh comics professionally so i kept uh making samples and everything and then finally like it got to a place where i did the thing that you should never do in that process which is i kind of lost contact with Mike. Like, I I hadn't sent samples in in about, like, nine months, I think. And uh, it's amazing to me, but, like, he, he reached out to me uh, in October of 2007, so uh, eight years ago this year. Uh, and he was like, hey, like, uh, 
we, you know, are you still interested in penciling because we have a job for you? Uh, not an invitation to do more samples, but like a job. And I was, you know, like it'd been so long and, you know, like it was something I still really wanted to do. And I was so, uh, excited and everything. So, uh, I got to do my first penciling job on Sonic 185 and 186, which was drawing over, uh, Tracy's layouts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, then they did, uh, I think I went on and did 187 and 188 solo, uh, which you could tell. <laughs> uh, and then uh, I think I was supposed to do 197 and 198. Uh, and I was partway through, like, I think I'd only co- uh, drawn a couple pages of number 198 when Mike called me out of the blue once again uh, and was like, hey, Matt, like, uh, you're not too far into that issue, right? You know, and I was like, oh, no, no, I'm good. Uh, I just started. And he was like, all right, well, so remember when you, like, two years ago when you sent in that portfolio of coloring and everything? And I was like, yeah, yeah, no, like, I, I remember. Um, and uh, he said that uh, one of their veteran guys had just left the book. And so he was, uh, he was looking for a colorist. Uh, and at this point, like, I, you know, like, this, this was, for me, like, this was the dream. Like, this was what I, I had found that I really, really wanted to be doing. Uh, and so he, he offered me the colorist gig, uh, on Sonic the Hedgehog, uh, which was going to be full time. Uh, and, uh, you know, like I, I started with issue 195, I think, which was, uh, Hedgehog Havoc. Like this was the story where they had just every hedgehog character that existed in the book at that point, <laughs> uh, all crammed into 22 pages. And, uh, I think, I think 198 went to Renee Deliz instead. Uh, so, you know, like, I think somewhere I've still got those two pages that I had drawn, like, in a binder or something oh. someplace, but, like, uh, uh, and yeah, so I, I became the colorist, did 195, uh, screwed it up royally, because I'd never colored a comic book, uh, professionally before, so, uh, if you look at it, you can kind of tell, like, there's some weird cropping issues, uh, in some of the panels, um, <laughs> And uh, so, you know, like, I, I think I finally took over full-time, like, having having finally figured out how to actually set up all this stuff for coloring and for print and everything. Uh, I think 199 was my, my first issue, and I think I did, gosh, I think I did 50 issues back-to-back, so, of Sonic the Hedgehog. Cool. Nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Yeah. I had a question. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, well, while I to join up in the things, um, can you pick, in terms of Sonic, can you yeah. think of a um, single issue that was the most fun to colour for you? Oh, gosh. Um, they, I mean, like, uh, uh, all of them are pretty fun. Um, you know, like, uh, uh, the, the first issue that I ever coloured uh, was definitely, I mean, like, I, honestly, like, I look back on my earliest, earliest stuff, and I'm like, oh, man, like, I, I sure don't know why they let me color those books, but I'm appreciative that they did, um, but, like, I remember the first issue was so much fun, uh, because it had all the hedgehog characters, and for me, there was this, this one piece of, like, I don't know, it was, like, weirdly, like, personal vindication from my childhood, like, uh, uh, I grew up reading the books, and it always bothered me growing up that uh, that Uncle Chuck uh, in the comics uh, 
was colored the same blue uh, as Sonic. Like, uh, uh, he's, you know, because he was a pale blue yeah. in the cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so page one of Sonic 195, there's, there's Chuck and Sonic's folks and Nicole, and they're all around a dinner table. And I go into this, and I'm like, all right, like, this is my chance. <laughs> Chuck. So I was so excited. I, I made him pale blue. Uh, no one no one called me on it. Like, no one was like, hey, Matt, like, actually, he's been regular blue for the last, you know, 194 <laughs> issues. Uh, you know, like, uh, so I, I was so excited to do that. I was like, all right, like, fixing the wrongs of my childhood. You know, like, uh, you're I think hero. I you are amazing. fan mail when I was a kid that was like, hey, guys, why is Chuck the wrong color? <laughs> Matt, yeah. you, you just became my own personal hero. That oh, is fantastic. Awesome. <laughs> now, um, seeing as um, you made the transition from penciling and then found out that you loved coloring, what was the um, the the kind of the training or the how how did you do approach to becoming a colorist, becoming a better colorist? Uh, than you were when you started. How did uh, how did you evolve from that point? Uh, sure. Um, so, like, uh, when I first started, uh, the Archie books were still printed on newsprint. Mm. Uh, way, way back, you know, like... Uh, uh, and so, coloring for newsprint and coloring for glossy pages is very different. So, like, so I, I started one way of, of kind of, you know, like, learning and, and figuring out, you know, like, okay, this is how this looks when it gets printed and all that. Uh, and then I think about a year into that, it was like, all right, Matt, like, all those skills and things that you think you know, throw those out. We're now on Glossy. So, um, and uh, uh, so that, like, being on, on the Glossy paper and all that, you know, like, uh, uh, and getting to just kind of finally really explore uh uh, the style and everything, and and what I could accomplish coloring wise, uh, honestly, like it was just kind of trial and error, month after month. Like uh, uh, Archie had a very, like they had some very specific guidelines. Like back early, 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 early on, uh, like uh, we were actually not allowed to do something called uh, color holds or colored line art or uh, line art knockouts. And basically, you know, like if you have like a laser blast going across mm -hmm. the page. Uh, you know, like your, your instinct would be like, well, let me color that line to be like a pink or something, you know, like, so it pops out and it looks like a laser blast or something like that. Um, and at the time when I started, like, that was a no, no, like we weren't allowed to, to do that kind of thing. Uh, and, and over time, I remember, uh, uh, really campaigning hard for, for letting us, uh, do that kind of stuff. Like early on, I was like, guys, like we, this is, you know, like, this is a normal thing, you know, like, a crossover comics, like, we, sh we should be doing that, like, uh, uh, I know that uh, stuff like that, like, special effects like that, like, uh, uh, in, in a rookie colorist's hands, you know, like, are gonna look overdone and everything, but, you know, like, here's, here's my personal limitations, like, here's the instinct, uh, the instant instance in which I will actually do these kind of special effects, you know, like, to create texture, or to create uh, uh, depth of uh, the panel, or to to uh, just you know like emphasize something and whatnot. Uh, and eventually, you know, like they they you know like my editors were like, okay, like go for it. Uh, and uh, you know, like so you kind of just gradually saw some of that stuff get introduced as we moved uh, through the books. And honestly, I 
I was probably not personally satisfied with the the stuff that I was doing, like, you know, like, like coming away from it being like, well, that looks good, you know, like, uh, until probably around 225. Okay. Uh, so like a couple years into it, basically, because I, again, like I look back on my, my earliest stuff and I'm like, you know, I think that stuff is going to start getting printed uh, like reprinted in the Sonic Saga series that they do uh, shortly, and I'm dreading it and hoping that they'll let me recolor it all. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of recoloring, um, you recolored some classic or, or um, older uh, Crusader stories from I think yeah. the 80s for Legacy of the uh, New Crusaders. Yeah. I am not personally a fan of when um, when um, old art gets recolored. Like, I have this edition of Crisis on Infinite Earths that is recolored, sure. and I think it's, like, I think it's really bad. Like, they yeah. put this really bad shine effect on, on the Psycho Pirate and drives me mad. Yeah. But, your recoloring of that book is um, uh, of those books are, 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 are like really amazing. Like specifically the the co- cover of um, where the shield, the trial of the shield. Like that's amazing. Like, oh, thanks, man. Like when you go into like older art, um, stuff that you know sometimes doesn't necessarily go well with newer. Um, newer coloring techniques and styles like what what do you what is your mindset what what um what are kind of your do's and don'ts or or how, how do you approach it sure um well like okay so like uh uh that was uh that was actually a really interesting uh graphic novel to work on um like uh paul had contacted me about it and was like hey matt like uh just uh try something out, like, uh, see what you can do. Cause like, this is going to be, a uh, like a graphic novel that we're reprinting all these old stories. Um, but like the key thing, uh, and this was really kind of like a discussion between, uh, Paul and myself, uh, to try and figure out like what, what the limitations would be. Uh, because like, you know, like we didn't want to necessarily change, uh, the palette choices too much. Like, you know, like, uh, uh, cause honestly, like, uh, even though those comics were colored very differently back in the day and, and some of them, you know, like, uh, uh, the coloring jobs from back in the day, like sometimes it uh, did not (laughs) color in the best way. Um, you know, like, but we wanted to, to keep some of that consistent. Like we wanted to still, uh, make it look like it was kind of like, you know, like if this, if it was just capable of a little bit more shading and yeah. stuff per se back in, in, in the eighties and whatnot. Instead of the, the really flat classic mm-hmm. coloring. Yeah. So like mostly like we, we kept to, uh, some very, like I kept to like very basic kind of shading, you know, like, uh, nothing too, too complex. Cause you know, like we were like, well, like, uh, for the time from that era and everything, like you're not going to see a lot of it. Uh, a lot of the line art and everything from back then, like, uh, honestly, like, coloring was such a, a, not a huge piece of the process that like most of the texture and everything, like all that was found in the line art, you know, like all that was found in the inks. So we wanted to preserve that as much as possible. Uh, and I think honestly, there's a couple of instances where I probably went a little bit more overboard and then someone in production was like, uh, let's dial that back a little bit. Like let's, let's re add some, some of the black line art and everything. 
you know, like, and it, it looks really good for it, you know, like, I mean, like, honestly, like, the goal was to basically just be like, okay, like, let's take what it, what it was, uh, and just add just a tiny bit to it, like, let's not go overboard, you know, like, like let's not uh, reinvent the whole, whole uh, yeah. look of these books, uh, but, like, let's just add just enough to, to make it look uh, like it could be, you know, like, something that was had the 80s just had that kind of uh, uh, technology at their disposal, at the disposal, uh, so to speak. Um, I know that there was one story in there, uh, and we were working on it, and it was the, the Fox uh, story by mm-hmm. Alex Toth. And uh, I remember uh, we were working on it, and uh, uh, Paul came to me and was like, look, man, like uh, Alex Toth is a big, big deal. And, you know, like, so... We're not sure, like, you know, like, go ahead and recolor it. We're not sure if we're using it because people that are Alex Toff fans tend to be like, you know, like, look, I want it in its purest form, you know, like, uh, uh, and sure enough, like the book that got printed, um, I think they actually went with like the, the original, original coloring, uh, for it. Like the, the recoloring that I did for it, like went totally unused for the graphic novel. Uh, but I was very excited. Like when they did the, uh, the Fox, uh, comic book series, like the new one. Uh, they did, uh, there was this great, like, uh, splash page that Alex Toff did where the fox is dodging oh, the gunfire. Oh, the, the throwback cover? Uh, the throwback cover, yeah. yeah. Like, uh, and so they actually did, uh, they used my coloring on the, uh, the cover for that, <laughs> so. I, I, I do have to say, that is, that book is my favorite, or, the, the legacy book is my favorite recolor of old comics, personally like i i I have to say it was it's a really good job thanks man yeah no like we uh like we we worked really uh really hard on it to uh to make sure that it didn't get too uh too crazy like uh you know like i mean because sometimes uh like i've seen some some redone coloring on uh on classic classic stuff yeah and uh you know like i mean like it's uh, the modern, modern techniques and stuff, like, you know, like, it just kind of clashes with, uh, with some of the older, older styles, so. Now, with the archives, the Sonic archives, um, do you, I don't, I don't, I don't know if you're involved at all with those. Have you ever been approached to, to, because they, they do get, reco- um, a lot of them, a lot of those issues in there have been recolored. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I've actually never been approached about the, uh, the okay. archives because it, it it didn't it didn't look like you had a hand in it at all. But it's 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 not looking into those books is not as easy as looking into like the credits of like uh, a saga or a, mm. a universe sure. trade. Um, yeah, yeah, because I because knowing that you recolored the, the uh, Crusaders Legacy book, I was like, well, you know, I. It'd probably be really cool if you uh, recolored the Sonic. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, if, if you recolored every issue you didn't work on, so they all work. <laughs> so they all look, uh, look really, really good. <laughs> yeah, no, I've never, uh, I've never worked on the uh, the uh, the archives books. Mm. So, but I mean, like, there's definitely like older stuff that I'm like, man, like, I would love to get my hands yeah. on this. Like, mm. I would love to uh, to color uh, some of that older material. Like, I always. Uh, uh, I, I really wish, like, uh, when they had, uh, decided to do, like, the Sonic Comic Origin stuff. Yeah. Uh, like, I was like, oh, man, like, it would be amazing if we could get, like, Art Mawinney or somebody to, uh, to draw those. Oh, you know? that would have like, been cool. Just put it in, like, the older, older, uh, like, style and everything from way back when. 
Uh, that would be awesome. Yeah, like, uh, I actually, uh, the one time that I actually got to do anything with Art Mooney was actually that Archie Babies book. Like, he, uh, he drew that. So. Oh. Oh, that's so cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a question. So, so um, do, would you find that you, you prefer doing penciling or, or do, are you more, far more comfortable? I, I know you said you were more comfortable doing coloring, but like, do you, do you still aspire to do more penciling? Uh, not really. Like, uh, I, I'm really quite happy and, uh, uh, comfortable in, uh, in coloring and everything. Like I, uh, you know, like when I, when I was growing up, I was always like, Oh no, like, you know, like penciling, that's, that's my thing. And, uh, as soon as I kind of got a taste for it, I was like, Oh, well this, uh, this isn't really my <laughs> So, and what's, what's funny is like before Photoshop and all that, like I, I was never a, a color artist. Like I, you know, like if you hand me markers or watercolors or anything like that, you know, like I'd be lost. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, you know, like as soon as I, I found Photoshop when I was in high school, I was like, oh, well, this is, there's an edit undo button. And that <laughs> like, <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Um, so, um, do you have a dream book that you would like to color? Like, mm. um, not necessarily, because, uh, uh, like, if you could do, like, Spider-Man or Superman or Batman, or if you could go back and, like, color Jack Kirby or something, like, mm-hmm. just, like, dream coloring. Oh, gosh. Um, whew. Uh, I would, I mean, like, I, I, I really love, uh, all ages material, mm-hmm. you know, like, uh, uh, I found that that tends to be kind of my go-to uh, you know, like that's, that's where I really like to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, so honestly, like I, I would love to do, uh, I think Marvel and DC have published at different times, like the all ages versions of like their, their superheroes, yeah. like their Spider-Man, their, their Batman, what have you. Mm. Uh, and, uh, you know, like that would be really awesome to, uh, to get to work on. Uh, you know, like just, I mean, honestly, like, uh, uh, doing sonic books uh you know like that in and of itself uh is kind of a big like i don't think uh like if you go back in time and tell nine-year-old me uh (laughs) that you know like someday you'll be working on that that you're reading right there uh you know like i i think it would have uh uh blown that kid's mind honestly (laughs) like uh uh again like this was a comic book that i i grew up reading like i I had kind of gotten into comics, like, uh, uh, through stuff like, uh, Valiant used to do, uh, Super Mario comics, so yeah. I read those, and there was a real Ghostbusters comic when I was a kid, <laughs> yeah. uh, but Sonic was the first book that I, you know, like, I, I got attached to that, and then I, it became an obsession, like, it was like a, you know, like, it's, it's been a, it's been a month, like, let's go, let's go buy the latest issue, you know, like, uh, so this was the first book I ever grew up collecting, essentially, uh, and then through that, you know, like that's what got me going into a comic book store, which is what got me, you know, like reading books like Spider-Man, uh, in the nineties and all that, uh, and X-Men and Batman. Uh, so, you know, like, uh, for me, like right now, just like doing even just, uh, the, the Sonic books, you know, like it's, it is a, a childhood dream fulfilled. Hmm. Nice. Would you say, are there any other... Are there any other video games you'd like to see adapted in the comic? Maybe a Mario Brothers movie, you know, comic book? 
Uh, well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, like, uh, uh, I would love to see a Super Mario comic, and I'm hoping that, like, I, you know, like, heard that uh, Netflix is uh, trying to get a uh, Legend of Zelda Game yeah. of Thrones hybrid <laughs> off the ground. I got my for that. Right? And so I'm like, you know, like, as soon as I heard that, I was like, well, you know, like, Nintendo has kind of had, like, a reputation of being, like, very reluctant to license any of their stuff yeah. in in film or comics or what have you. Like, they'll do merchandising, but they won't do... Well, I, f- I think like, after all, the, uh, all, all the, the products that were made in the right? uh, 90s with their characters, not so much. Speaking of Mario, I know I, I stumbled across a, a Mario fan comic, which I believe sure. you, you colored the, the, front, the front cover, as it were. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, those guys, uh, they, they contacted me about a year ago and they wanted to commission me to color the cover artwork for it. Uh, and I, I did that and, uh, like then they like added all like the cover dressing, which is like, you know, like the title, the, the, you know, like first issue, you know, all the the different pieces of that. And they model all of that off of Archie. So like, as soon as they showed me the final file, I was like, Oh crap. Like I really wish this existed now. (laughs) Which I, I, I stumbled on because I think they did like one page a day, like one page a week, and I found it like when the first issue was pretty much done. And I was like, yeah. I, I could see this being on shelves, yeah. you know, because it would be, because I know, I think a while back, um, Tracy Hardy Tracy said that he had done some early um, preliminary artwork for a Archie Kirby comic book. Yeah. Which they I, were actually yeah. on sale on eBay a while back. Yeah, which so. I believe, um, as Tracy tells it, Nintendo were like, yeah, that sounds good. And then nothing in the game ever again. Right? Yeah, no, like, uh, there's, uh, uh, there's a couple guys that uh, collect comic book artwork. Uh, and if you go to a website called comicartfans.com uh, and search Sonic the Hedgehog or something, uh, like, you'll find these guys' galleries. And, like, they, they buy up stuff from Tracy and all that. And so you can find, uh, you know, like, all this stuff that, uh, that Tracy drew for, like, a Nintendo pitch uh, way, way back. Like, you know, like, I think, like, four or five years ago at this point. Uh, and it's all really awesome artwork. Like, it's like, oh man, like, again, I really wish this existed. Yeah. So there's some great, like, Metroid, uh, pages too. Oh, a Metroid comic would be pretty sweet. I was, I was, uh, in preparation, I was, I was checking out, uh, your DeviantArt again, and there's, uh, Banjo and Kazooie and a, um, Crash Bandicoot, uh, mm. picture drawn and cover- colored by you, and it's like, I wish this was a book. <laughs> right? <laughs> Just, right, just yeah. 90s video game mascots oh, collide. Yeah. That'd be that'd be a great right. book. <laughs> that should be the next crossover. <laughs> well, you know, well, you're not gonna have a bunch of Sega and um, yeah. friend, um, Capcom franchise again. If, if if they do a third one, and I'm sure if World Unites is a success, they'll try. They'd have to try the next logical step is, is Mario. It yeah. has to be done. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, I think the next logical step is just the Smash Brothers comic book. So. <laughs> Which oh. I'd be down for that. Um, in, in, um, sorry, Matt. Has there been a um, a favorite um, in terms of so? In ter- obviously, you you kind of all, the, all these books. Were you, did you keep up in terms of reading them as a fan, or was it just more of like it came came more just kind of work for you, or did you have time to still enjoy the stories as a fan? Uh, yeah, no. Like I mean, like it's uh, you know, like when you're when you're putting this all together, like uh, it's kind of a fun like you know. Uh, I get to see everything a couple months before everyone else, uh, essentially. <laughs> so, uh, you know, like, and especially on Sonic Boom, like, uh, uh, like I'll read the scripts and everything and I'll be like, oh, this is very funny. Uh, and then, you know, like they'll, they'll send me the artwork, uh, that's been done 
and uh, you know, like Jack Morelli uh, will send me the lettering, and so you know, like I'm plugging that in on top of the colors and everything, and I'm reading through it, and I'm just laughing uh, my butt off. Uh, you know, like just seeing the final, the final incarnation, like, uh, like it's, it's actually a really funny book. Well, I've so. been loving Boom. I think oh, Boom's yeah. been a really funny book. Um, so has there been, is there a story arc from, you know, if, if you can, if you can name one from say the main book universe and, uh, Mega Man, is there like an arc from each of those which you would class as your, was this your favorite either to work on or just read as a fan? Uh, sure. Like, uh, uh, definitely for Mega Man, uh, the Mega Man, uh, oh gosh, it's kind of tied. Like, uh, I love doing the Mega Man, uh, 2 arc. Yeah, uh, That was, like, my favorite Mega Man game growing up. It's the only one that I could actually get to the Wily Castle on. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so, you know, like, I really enjoyed that one, uh, and I got to work with, uh, with Ben, who I'd only worked with a few times on yeah. Sonic and everything. Mm. Uh, and, uh, the the other part would not necessarily be an arc, but I really love like uh, right before we did the first uh, Worlds Collide event, uh, there was just this sequence of like single issue stories in Mega Man that uh, that Ryan Jampole drew, uh, and they're just all really fun, cute stories. Like especially the one where like uh, uh, it's about Iceman's crush on Roll. Oh, that right? is yeah. my favorite uh, issue. That's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, no, like, I, I love that one, you know, like, uh, so those those <laughs> stories, and then, like, ah, gosh, I can't just pick one. Like, there's also the Proto Man story that uh, Chad Thomas drew. That oh, was so cool. good, so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, for Sonic Universe, like, honestly, like, the, the, the most recent stuff we've done, where it's uh, the Spark of Life mm. uh, story with uh, that stars, like, Princess Sally and Nicole, mm-hmm. uh, lots of fun. Like, uh, uh, just really been enjoying that one. Uh, honestly, just really have had a lot of fun this whole last year on Sonic Universe, because, again, like, uh, Ian always just writes these things where he's just like, all right, like, and now we're going to this place, you know, like, and, and it's, uh, so it's a brand new, uh, world and palette and stuff, and it tends to favor a lot of video game locations, which, again, like, really, uh, challenge me, uh, you know, like, both artistically and also in terms of, like, all right, like, let me... See if I can find someone that played this on YouTube. <laughs> well, that's what I loved in um, Total Eclipse. I mean, there was that those wonderful pages where it just every panel was like a different level. Well, like mm-hmm. the where they came, yeah. um, they, they were just traveling across Angel Island. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, just as as a fan, it, it's it's great that as as fans we get to read a book which is you know written and drawn by fans of the franchise as well. Mm-hmm. Which I think it really it really does help. You know, keep make, oh, yeah. you know, make it truer to the um, the spirit of the, uh, of the franchise. And oh, back yeah. back to uh, um, oh, what is it? Uh, Spark, of Spark of Life. I am really loving the colors because mm. it, it's such a good. It's a really nice. Um, there's a really nice tone to it. Where at some points I feel like you know it's gonna it it's got a little bit of a, like a horror aspect to it with all the mm. with all the. Um, just all the like, <clears throat> I can't speak. Um, with, all, with all the um, you know what um is, right? <laughs> I, th- I think say a lot of the um, a lot of, of like the, the close ups that Tracy draws in. Uh, yeah, in, well, in, it's in um, the context of the story. Like at the end of um, it's got this nice shading to it too. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, thank you. Yeah, no, like uh, that's uh, it's a lot of fun. Like I mean, like and especially the uh, the villain in that, like uh. Yeah, uh, uh, Phage, I believe. Like uh, as soon as uh, I say, how do you pronounce that name? Is it is it Phage? 
ah, that's how I've been pronouncing it? Like, uh, I don't know. He, so, he keeps on writing these names, which I can't pronounce, so I'm getting, I, I'm getting more and more annoyed. Right, like, someone asked me a pronunciation question, I'm like, ah, I'm going to have to phone a friend. Right. <laughs> also, um, in the digital world, there's, there's, there's this, there's these, like, this nice, like, purple and red, um, mm-hmm. Just I, I I like how that feels like that that red when it comes through is really really nice like there's this one panel where Nicole is just like ah and then there's this red that's kind of like splattered and then like uh-huh. this purple over background like that's beautiful oh thank you yeah no like it's it's a lot of fun like I like especially with all the digital world stuff and all the special effects that we get to do in there uh, there's this uh, this sequence where like it's uh, uh sally and uh, uh the doctor like discussing stuff like outside at night yeah yeah uh, i that. really enjoyed really doing good. that like i was like oh man like i wish we had more night scenes like, uh, <laughs> yeah i like I, i've been loving all the like the, all the night work like I, I i think that's like that that this most recent issue like everything about it has really come together really nicely mm. well thank you yeah no like so that's uh that's a lot of that's one of my favorites uh, gosh, Sonic the Hedgehog, the main one, like, uh, that's a lot of books. Um, <laughs> uh, probably for me, like, my, my absolute favorite on that is probably around, uh, again, like, probably around, like, 225, like, uh, uh, immediately leading up to it, uh, with the issues that, uh, that Ben drew, uh, you know, like, Ben, Ben Bates, like, he would always draw these things that, uh, like he's one of the few guys that like you know like uh, uh, would would send the pencils and then like he would uh, uh, make sure to contact me because he'd have like very specific ideas about like different special effects and stuff you know like because he he and I kind of grew up on the same kind of uh, uh, entertainment where it's like a bunch of like anime and stuff like that uh, and you know like he'd be describing this stuff to me and I'd be like oh yeah no like I totally understand this because we're like you know like it's that's an idea like you know like there's this the scene where, like, uh, I think Nagus at one point is, like, looming over uh, uh, Mina Mongoose's concert or something. And it's just this great, like, visual uh, uh, that you don't see a lot of, you know, like, uh, uh, and the way it was laid out. And, you know, like, uh, he was describing that to me, and I was like, oh, yeah, no, I totally, totally get this. Uh, and it got to a place eventually where I think he stopped, uh, you know, like, contacting me about stuff, because I think he just was like, oh, well, I assume Matt will understand what I'm <laughs> Do you do a lot uh, of contact with, uh, uh, with like, um, the other people in the team? Like, do you do a lot of communication with, like, Ian and Tracy and um, whoever else you're, you're uh, working on? Uh, not a ton. Like, uh, you know, like, uh, it, it varies from issue to issue, artist to artist. Like, uh, uh, some people, you know, like, again, like, they have, uh, you know, like, they, they want to be very specific and stuff, you know, like, which is always very cool, you know, like, because it's, like, you know, like they've got a very particular vision in mind, and so I really want to be able to to accomplish that for them. Uh, and in most cases, like honestly, like uh, uh, with Ian and Tracy, you know, like uh, we'll contact each other over email. Uh, very rarely, you know, like I mean, like at this point, uh, especially on Sonic Universe, like uh, uh, the thing to remember is like on Sonic Universe, it's like Ian writing. Tracy drawing Jim Amash, who's been there for forever. Yeah. Uh, you know, like he's he's inking, and then I'm the newest guy there at like eight years. So, uh, you know, like so that at this point is like a well-oiled uh, machine, essentially. <laughs> uh, you know, like so, like you know, like it's not a ton of communication. 
and most of the communication I have with other artists is, you know, like, I mean, honestly, not necessarily just about books, like uh, a bunch of us just kind of, uh, you know, like we, we all work on the same stuff. We're all into the same stuff. So we just, you know, like became friends. Cool. Hmm. Um, I have a quick question. What, what advice would you have for someone who's trying to break into the industry as a, um, you know, a... Uh... Colors. Sorry, I forgot the word there. I'm an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> I said color at one point and I felt like bad. I was like, what? Um, hey, no, like both both work, you know, like I mean like I think uh I think I still put like penciler into uh Microsoft Word and it's like what's that? Yeah. Uh, um but uh yeah, no, like to to break in, like the most important thing uh is that you want to find uh artwork that is uh already of a publishable quality to be coloring. Um, like when, uh, when, a, when an editor looks at your portfolio, uh, they don't want to be distracted by, uh, you know, like the, the issues that might be appearing in if it's your own drawings or if it's, you know, like a friend's drawings or something, you know, like they, they want to pay attention to, to what you can do as a colorist. Uh, and so, you know, like the, the best way to do that is, uh, uh, again, like, you know, like it's, it's go out to these conventions and, and meet artists and, and purchase pages and all that, you know, like, uh, or honestly, like I've, I've done portfolio stuff before where I've like found someone that, uh, did a clean scan of, of a page and I was like, all right, like I'll, uh, like upsize that and, and work off of that, you know, like, uh, uh, the most important thing is just, you know, like you want a canvas to work on that uh, is not going to to distract uh, from from the stuff that you're you're doing. Like you want them to notice what you have added to the picture, as opposed to being distracted by issues that might be in the picture. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Would you um, mind walking us through uh, the coloring process, mm. like sure. um, from when you get your assignment to the end? Sure. Um, so basically, like, uh, uh, I, I start by, you know, like, they'll, they'll send me, uh, you know, like, uh, they'll let me know when pencil pages uh, have become available mm. to look over. Uh, and the pencil pages all have in Sharpie, like, indications of where the balloons are and everything. Uh, and they'll have a script attached to it. Uh, so typically, like, my, my first thing that I do is as soon as I know that there's artwork available to look at, like, I'll, I'll go through and just kind of, like, start making notes of, of all the different locations and things that are occurring, uh, et cetera, you know, like, because I, I, I want all the scenes that are happening, you know, like, if page two and three happen in Robotnik's lair, uh, and then, you know, like 15 later is Robotnik's layer, then I probably want to set it up so that ideally I'm doing all of those pages in one day, you know, like, so I'm just always mm-hmm. working on the same, same pages and the same palette for the, for the day and such. Uh, and then like, uh, I, I'll start getting notifications that inks are available. Uh, you know, like, uh, uh, typically, uh, Jim or Gary or, or, uh, Rick Bryant on Sonic Boom, like, they'll let me know uh, as soon as they've started uploading uh, inks uh, for all of these books. And I'll download those, set up the files uh, at the right size, send them to the letterer uh, to get started on. And uh, 
typically, like, uh, it all depends. Like, in, in an ideal scenario, like, I would be starting my job with all the inks available. Mm. Uh, it's unusual that that tends to happen these days. You know, like, uh, 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 with, the, with the way, uh, with the speed at which we can all access this stuff with computers and everything, like, it tends to be just, like, you know, uh, here's a few pages, get started on those. Mm. Um, so I will, uh, I'll typically, you know, like start on the book about a week to a week and a half out from, uh, its deadline. Oh. And, uh, typically like, uh, you know, like again, like I try to have it all set up. So I'm working on pages that happen in the same scenes, uh, or same, uh, locations at any given time. Uh, I'll pick out like, you know, like when I, when I start a book, that's the most, uh, time-consuming part, you know, like, because I'm, at that point, like, I'm deciding, you know, like, what all uh, I'm doing palette-wise for these different places, you know, like, uh, uh, and after that, you know, like, once I've got that stuff set down, like, all these pages quickly start, you know, uh, coming together, you know, like, an average page takes anywhere between two or three hours to color. Um, and so, yeah, like, uh, I'll, you know, like, get the lettering from the letterer, uh, be it uh, Jack Morelli or John Workman. Uh, I'll plug that in uh, as I color. Uh, and, you know, like, eventually we've got the finished book. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, I'll send that off. And typically, like, a week or so later, uh, I'll get the, the notes back from, uh, from editors and uh, from Ian. Like, uh, everyone kind of looks it over. Uh, Sega or Capcom approves it, you know, like, and they have corrections themselves. Uh, and so they'll, uh, send off like a, a PDF that's got like all of that artwork that's just got Sharpie all over it, you know, like, uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, like, uh, the letter and myself, like, we'll go back in, we'll, you know, like fix, fix typos and we'll fix, uh, you know, like, uh, art stuff, you know, like, uh, 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 typically like if there's, if there's something that's like off model in some way, like it's usually, uh, if it hasn't been corrected before it's gotten to the final art, uh, it usually falls to myself or someone in, uh, production to, okay. uh, to correct that, to clean that up. Oh. So, yeah, mm -hmm. I, I have a, a giant, like a giant printed off, like I have a couple, uh, a colored page with like a stapled like smaller like um regular printer size paper page of of like um black and white with like notes of like um like different color uh like codes like this is yeah. red number blah 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 is okay, that yeah. is that kind of what um, you get back or that uh no that is uh well it's kind of what you get back like uh uh for corrections and everything like it's just uh you know like they'll uh, mark up the, the story and be like, you know, like, hey, such and such, his mm -hmm. arm is the wrong link, like, shorten that down okay. or something like that. Um, no, like, what you're talking about, that's actually, uh, that's old school. Um, okay. okay. <laughs> that's, that's way back when, like, uh, I, uh, way back when, when I could not have possibly been a colorist, because that's way more complex. Okay. Um, so, like, comic book coloring, uh, back way back when, uh, like, uh, uh, essentially what it would, what you'd have to do is that, uh, 
Uh, for one thing, it was done usually by an in-house guy. Like, I'm a freelance guy, uh, but uh, comic book coloring at the beginning was uh, usually an in-house job. So it was someone that worked at the publisher uh, that would, you know, like, color something like 10 pages a day, uh, essentially, to make sure all these books were going out on time. And what they would do is that they would get the, the interior artwork back on these giant bristle boards, and they would uh, photocopy it down to an 8.5 by 11 inch uh, printer paper. And the colorist would go in uh, with markers or uh, usually watercolors, and they would color the page. And uh, essentially what they would do then is, uh, uh, like, that's not the, the finished artwork that they were working off of. Like, that would be, like, they, that was essentially the color guide. Like, okay. they would have to take a pencil draw from every color on the page and then write out in the margin uh, what color code it was okay. uh, for the printer. And, uh, like, it was it was, uh, it was pretty complex. Like, you know, like, back in the day, like, printers could not uh, accomplish the wide range of colors mm. uh, that we can. Like, back, back then, I think it was, like, something like 60 colors, and then I think, like, as of the 1970s, it graduated to, like, 160. 60 or 170, maybe 120, uh, not, not many essentially, yeah. <laughs> but more than what they had. Um, and, uh, you know, like it's, it's only been in the last, uh, couple decades with, with computers and the printing technology that now like, uh, uh, we can get very precise mixtures of, of the cyan, the magenta, the yellow, and the, uh, the, the, the black K-tone. Uh, so we can get very, very precise, which is why we now get nice, super colorful pages and all that. Um, so yeah, if it's got, uh, markings with color codes, that's really old school. <laughs> cool. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, no, like, I, like, uh, I, I was told about, like, how it was done back then, and I was like, oh, well... Clearly, again, I'm no good with watercolors or markers, so I would not have been a colorist back then. <laughs> I wanted to um, get your opinion, because I know over the last, I think, year or so, that there's been, been a bigger push for getting, um, like, the colorists' names, like, you know, printed on, on the covers of books. I just, you know, I think a few years ago, it was a thing for the Inkers, you know, making sure the Inkers got their credit i mean like what, what, what are your thoughts obviously because i jonathan and i actually had, had a, a conversation about this a few months ago where i i find myself i think the, the colorist to me make makes a bigger impact on whether i will enjoy a book because if the if the coloring is bad i, I tend to switch off hmm. jonathan sure. is more of an inker man because like to go how you said about how some of the older books like the coloring is bad like i can't i find it very hard to reread the old Marvel Transformers books because yeah. the coloring is so bad in those books. It's just like, like Starscream's face is not just blue; it's black I, in there as well. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I've grown up with comics, so I'm I'm very used to you know like very traditional coloring. So I, yeah. I, I guess yeah, uh, yeah, maybe inking's a little more um, like I can have more problems with it. Mm. I don't know. But I guess like, yeah. I guess but how do you how do you feel like as you know as as a colorist the fact that kind of you. Well, obviously, like the 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 color is one of the most important parts of the book, but the fact that just for whatever reason that it's not as as promoted as as say you know the ink or the the penciler. Uh, sure. Like, uh, well, I mean, like you know, like uh, it tends to be a a holdover. Uh, you know, like from from way back when, like you know, like because uh, 
uh, back back when coloring was done that way, like you know, like it was very much uh, you know, like comic book production in and of itself as an assembly line, essentially. Mm. Like one guy can't start till the next guy has done their work. Um, but like coloring and lettering, uh, especially back then, you know, like it wasn't considered much much art to it, essentially. You know, like it was very much just like you know, like oh, well, you just uh, here you go. Like, here's the random code that is always Batman's cowl, no matter what. Like, you're not, you're not produce. Like, you're not adding much to this, essentially. You know, like as much as a penciler or inker or something. So it's kind of like a weird holdover from then, because uh, nowadays, like a lot of coloring, you know, like has a huge impact uh, on 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 books uh, with with what we can accomplish today. Uh, and so, you know, like it's. I am all for uh, colorists getting more uh, promotion and getting names on the cover and everything. Like uh, I, I did a couple books uh, for for uh, a smaller uh, publisher uh, last year, and uh, the most recent one uh, it's called Hero Cats, and issue four that I colored I think just came out like a week or so ago, uh, and they put the colorist name on the cover. So oh, you know, like awesome. there's like you know fourth in line there's Herms, and I was like. Awesome. Nice. Because I know, because um, Tracy was doing some backup stuff, wasn't he? Uh, yeah, no, Tracy was doing, uh, like, that's actually how I uh, got the, the gig. Like, uh, uh, they were looking for additional colorists, and uh, Tracy uh, uh, gave them my email uh, to contact me. And so I did, like, a couple, like, I colored one of Tracy's backups, and then I actually colored uh, their uh halloween comic fest issue which is basically like uh the, nice. the second free comic book day of the year yeah <laughs> uh, and i did issue four as well of oh, uh cool. hero cats has there been do you know have you heard is there any idea of um well actually i was gonna say of archie don't know, but archie don't actually put don't put any in terms of their sonic and mega man books don't really put any of the um the uh artists behind it on the front cover on, on the yeah, on the trades that... they do yeah, the, I think uh, uh, on the trades they do, uh, and I think uh, on Mega Man, I think they do. Uh, you know, like, uh, uh, and again, like it's uh, it's never anything that I necessarily uh, brought up with anyone, but you know, like it, it'd be cool to uh, to see the colorist name uh, up on there. Yeah, because uh, honestly, like I'm of the opinion, like uh, uh, especially with the Archie books, because like uh, Jack Morelli and John Workman uh, for letterers, like they these guys are incredible incredible talents you know like uh so i honestly like the stuff that they give me i'm like you know like this is as much a piece of the finished page as much of the artwork as anybody so like i'm i'm kind of like you know like let's put everyone's name on there you yeah. know like, yeah uh, of course mm-hmm. one day i didn't even i didn't even realize that they they had because i'm so used to seeing the like on dc and marvel the names sure. yeah that's that's crazy yeah <laughs> like uh. <laughs> well um Matt, I, I think we've come to the end of our uh standard questions but, but we, we do have two new lists we have uh, every time we interview somebody i i have uh, the, these 10 little questions i have called the standard 10 just quick little 10 fire questions about about um, the, the Sonic franchise in general, if you have if you have time to uh, divulge us. Yeah, sure. Okay, so starting off, um, easy question: favorite character. Uh, favorite character, uh, Sonic. Of course, mm-hmm. of course. Least yep. favorite character. Cream the rabbit. Yeah. <laughs> Is that from like you know, her personality, gameplay wise, or just she can't stand that voice or that color? Uh, a little bit of all. all <laughs> Yeah, 
the, I think Cream came about when Sega were just kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel when they were coming up with different character designs. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> F- favorite game? Uh, oh, gosh. Um, Sonic Adventure 2. Okay, well, okay, Sonic Adventure 2. Okay, that's going to come up um, later. Least favorite game? Uh, least favorite game? Oh, gosh. Um, probably Sonic Heroes, I guess, because that's the one that uh, kind of got me turned off of it for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not a big fan of Heroes at all. It's... Yeah, <laughs> less said the better. My friend um, TJ loves it though. Yeah, our friend TJ's a dope though. Uh, favorite level? What what one level do you find yourself wanting to go back to again and again? Oh gosh, um, honestly, like a uh, uh, first level in Sonic Two. So, so you see that Emerald Hill? Emerald Hill yeah, Zone. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Classic level. Um, favorite level track? Which piece of music do you find yourself listening to again and again? Oh gosh, um, I don't, uh, I don't know the the name of it, but like honestly, like I, uh, I will often put on uh, video game OSTs like uh, in the background while I work, mm-hmm. and uh, Sonic Threes is uh, my favorite. So like no particular track, I just enjoy Sonic it. Sonic Three. Uh, I also yeah, and I also had uh, a lot of like I think at one point like as a kid like I was like oh hey all these vocal tracks from like uh, at Sonic Adventure and Adventure 2 like I was like these are fun so I had like a mixed CD of yeah. those <laughs> nice <laughs> um, favorite moment in the series what one scene from say any of the games or cartoons or comics do you mm-hmm. that just like just like stands out to you uh, let's see uh, go, let's go with the cartoon uh, the Saturday morning one uh, and it's the one in which uh, like, we see Uncle Chuck for the first time, uh, roboticized, and the episode ends with Sonic crying. Yeah, uh, yeah, Ultrasonic. And I was, like, seven, and that was, like, a gut punch. <laughs> like, that was, like, the most depressing Saturday morning. Like, I was like, Power Rangers can do nothing for me. <laughs> you say that, uh, like... The you... day is ruined. I'm just sad now. You were seven. We showed that to our friend TJ. He was like 22 and he cried when yeah. he saw that for the first time. It's a sad moment. <laughs> um, favorite cartoon of the of these six cartoons there are? Adventures, like, Satyam, Underground, X, the OVAN Boom, six. Which cartoon do you um, do you like the most? Oh, gosh. Uh, probably Satyam. I have not gotten to watch much of, uh, of Boom yet, mm. but like the parts that I've seen, I've been like, oh, well, this is... Like much like the comics, I'm like this is really humorously uh, written. Uh, but like overall, uh, Sat I am. Yeah, was mm-hmm. my favorite. I love Sat I am. Um, favorite favorite comics or out of say the, the regular Burke Universe Boom, the uh, the British song, the comic, the Japanese mangas. Which 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 comic book do you as a fan do you like to read the most? I know it's it's I, I always feel weird answering this question that people work on the Archie book yeah because it's clearly going to be the Archie book. But uh, right now, the one that I enjoy reading the most is uh, is Sonic uh, Sonic Boom. Oh yeah. Uh, again, it's just really funny. Um, the but I mean, like Universe is kind of up there. Like uh, I remember for the longest time, like uh, uh, when I was working on uh, just the main Sonic the Hedgehog book, and then seeing like all the cool stuff happening in Universe, like with with things like the Battlebird Armada and all that, like oh, all yeah. these cool references. I. I remember going through it and just being like, I'm so jealous that I'm not coloring this. <laughs> I'll be honest, I think a lot of the time, um, like, arc for arc, I think universe actually tends to be stronger. 
Yeah. Well, they're, they're the main book a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. That's just so, well, I mean, like, it does get to kind of concentrate on on one story for, yeah. for one period of time. Like, it's four-issue arcs. I think, like, the the, uh, the recent, like, Knuckles and Shadow and Eclipse thing, like, I think that's the longest, like, and even that was technically still four-issue arcs, but I think that was the longest, like, overall commitment to one storyline uh that uh that it had done for a while and it was awesome i love that that was awesome <laughs> oh and then the last the last of the um standard 10 which you're already you're already answered and unfortunately matt you actually answered it incorrectly essay one or essay two what now the the, the question is essay one or essay two you originally you, you said your favorite game was essay two so i'm gonna yeah. assume yeah so you incorrectly think essay two is better than essay one that's fine Everyone's ah, allowed to be wrong. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> Not joking. <laughs> I like to think there's a score, uh, uh, like a scorecard for this. Like you get so many points for answering I actually, like, what questions or there's something. There's actually a video I have to upload at Sonic Boom 2013. I went uh-huh. around and I asked every like as many people as I could, SA1 or SA2. <laughs> and I have to tally it up, I think... I think SA1 may have won. My favorite answer was somebody obviously got confused and said Sonic and the Black Knight. (laughs) 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 That's everything from the uh, Standard 10. Now, we we put the word out on our uh, social medias, and so did you, about um, fan quests. So so we we do have some. Okay. I'd like to point out. um, From Twitter, at TizTheFrobman, asks, um, favorite colorist? Um, alright, uh, so, the first time I was ever conscious of, of the coloring in a comic book, uh, was, uh, uh, I want to say, like, early 2000s, and it was, uh, a group called Studio F, and it was, uh, uh, I believe the main guy for it is a guy named Edgar Delgado, and I think that's what he colors under now, I think he just colors under his name, uh, but basically, like, I was a huge fan of an artist named Umberto Ramos, and he went to color, like, the relaunch of Spectacular Spider-Man for Marvel in, like, 2004. Uh, and it's just this gorgeous, like, honestly, just, like, super comic book style, like, all the spandex is super shiny and everything. Like, it's just a really fun coloring. Uh, so Edgar Delgado. Uh, and then, like, I would say the two that have been, like, super influential to me are uh, definitely... Uh, 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 an artist named Christina Strain, uh, who did uh, Runaways and Spider-Man Loves Mary Jane. Uh, ah. And then there was also a guy named uh, Matt Wilson, who uh, I found his stuff recently. Uh, my wife's really into uh, the New 52 Wonder Woman books, mm-hmm. and he colors that. And the artwork in that is uh, drawn by a guy named Cliff Chang, and it's just like, it's not overly ornate. It's very, like, kind of, like, really solid storytelling, really simple artwork and everything, you know, like, uh, uh, and the coloring, you know, like, reflects that, and it's just these gorgeous, gorgeous uh, 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 palette choices and everything, you know, like, I, I, like, flip through that book, and I'm like, oh, well, crap, like, I wish I colored like this, so. Um, we have um, Terrence Leonard, Asks, who is easier to color, Sonic characters or Mega Man characters? Oh, gosh. Uh, probably Mega Man characters. Um, like, Mega Man characters, at least they, you know, like, they're they're cartoony people. Um, you know, like, uh, uh, Sonic characters, like, uh, uh, they can be uh, difficult at times to color. Like, uh, uh, Sonic's quills, especially. Mm. 
Uh, and not everyone, you know, like, not everyone gets how, like, light is supposed to go over those characters' bodies. Like, one of my, <laughs> one of my biggest pet peeves is, uh, you know, like, Sonic's belly. Like, Sonic's got the tan belly, and then it's the blue. And someone, like, does shading on, on that area. And, like, you know, the lines don't match. And I'm like, guys, like, those aren't, like, two separate pieces. Like, you know, like, that's, that's one belly. <laughs> so, um, uh, coloring humans and coloring cartoon animals, like, how much of a difference is there? Like, how, like, is there, like, a difference in, like, like, is it, is it difficult, more difficult to do one than the other? Uh, kind of already answered that, but, um, <laughs> like, going at a human versus an, uh, an animal, what, uh, an animal, anthropomorphic person, uh, what exactly do you go into? If that made any sense at all. Sure. Um, well, like, I mean, like, okay, like, so, like, even though the people in Mega Man are, like, super cartoony, mm -hmm. uh, you know, like, I, I've got a frame of reference, essentially, for, for how, uh, those characters should look, uh, in different and different lighting and everything, you know, like, uh, uh, you know, like it's, it's just an exaggeration of, of real life and everything. Okay. Um, whereas Sonic, you know, like, I mean, like these, these character models like do not exist in person, uh, <laughs> aside from like the action figures that adorn my desk. So, uh, uh, getting, getting down, like, you know, like the, the way, uh, in which light will, will, uh, travel across, uh, the body and everything on these characters and, and trying to figure that out and all, uh, that can be more challenging. Um, you know, like at this point, like it's six, seven years of, of experience with it. So, you know, like at this point it feels pretty old hat. Mm. Uh, but, uh, it, it definitely can be challenging, uh, to get that down. Did you find in going back to Sonic Blake, say around the time of, um, I guess say oh six and Unleash when they started releasing those really high quality CG cutscenes. Did you like ever use maybe some of those as, as inspiration of like this is how you know a computer has has pre rendered that the light should move across his body? Have you ever used like, oh, some, yeah. something like, like a Dolce reference? Oh yeah, absolutely. So like uh, I'll I'll look to those and everything. And uh, again, like uh, you know, like I I also will in fact like you know like uh, uh, get out the action figure and a lamp. And uh, be like, all right, well, here's the most immediate uh, immediate way to demonstrate this. <laughs> I mean, I, I would imagine in terms of of doing like light reflecting, I would imagine the Mega Man characters because most, you know, like ninety percent of the characters are robots. It's probably right. easier to, you know, like obviously we know how you know light should re react of metal and things, or rather than skin. I would imagine that probably makes it slightly slightly easier to um, work for him. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Like uh, uh, again, like it's uh, they're human bodies and everything, so they're a little bit a uh, little bit easier. Like uh, uh, the the metal and everything, like that's actually like I try not to uh, when I color it, I try to like make it shiny like metal, but I try not to make it too uh, mm -hmm. intense. Because I mean, like if you look through all the, the Capcom art, like he's never uh, like they never quite render it like honest to goodness like super shiny reflective metal. So uh, I, I try to never quite uh, make that too intense. Mm. Uh, you know, like, uh, uh, typically, like, you know, like, I, I try to make it look, like, almost like a plastic, so to speak, like a shiny okay. plastic. Yeah, because I, I, I'm looking through the Udon book, and, like, yeah, he's never really, he's never shaded, like, like, a, mm. like, like a metallic surface. This just kind of just bright colors. 
Mm-hmm. I'm going back to when you said, um, obviously, think things that would annoy you in terms of how they're drawn. I'd say something like um, Uncle Uncle Chuck's skin being, you know, different, <clears throat> like a darker yeah. than it was in the cartoon. A, a pet peeve of mine that um, sometimes the pencilers do is that obviously, uh, and Jennifer knows exactly, exactly, exactly what I'm going to say. talk to. Happy then. <laughs> so, so SBR, okay? We all know SBR is a comedian, and we yeah. all know that in the animal kingdom, the, the horn would be in, in, the, for, in like the forehead. Mm. Although okay. game, game SBO's horn is always where a nose should be. Right. And sometimes, Jennifer and I get, everyone's done it. Even Tracy, Tracy has done it in some issues. He doesn't do it in all of them. Everyone's done it. But whenever you get a pencil and you see... Uh, SBO's horn in his forehead. You've got like that's not how it should be. Like it's right. it, like like have you ever like got on that and just been like Tracy? Maybe you might want to move the horn a little bit. You know. Uh, well, like uh, I I do remember that because like we I think see that, Jonathan like, validation. See the, the professionals know this as well. Sometimes we've gotten notes uh, about the horn placement, and I I remember um, the chaotic. <laughs> the Chaotix arc, uh, where they go searching for Mighty. Uh, and I, I remember uh, we'd get notes back on that, and it would be like, oh, okay, I'm moving the horn on every page. So. Oh, see, you people thought I was crazy. See, even second you noticed it. I'm validation. I feel validated now, Matt. Thank I, you so much. Uh-huh. So, well, like, I mean, like, uh, uh, thankfully, like, a big piece of, like, how I, I, I do the coloring and everything, like, uh, uh, I, I tend to try and favor a little bit of a simpler style, like cell shading and all that, for one thing, because I'm like, oh, it matches the books, in my opinion, yeah. but also uh, because it makes edits like that uh, a lot easier to do, you know, like, because, uh, uh, like, when we get a note back that's like, all right, you're going to need to totally move the horn, uh, you know, like, it's like, if it's a super complex shading job or something, you know, like, I'm basically moving that and then having to recolor uh, so oh. keeping it simpler and everything like that's mm. I'm like oh I can make that change and I'm not gonna have to do a ton more work uh, to to make everything uh, fit. And it also comes up because um, we got one of the on on our Twitter at um, Cool Carl. He actually sent a bunch of questions, most of which we actually got to already. But one of them was just he just sent a tweet that said this, and it was a picture of Espio with his, with his horn <laughs> in his oh, forehead. That is really bad. It's because yeah. I mean, like, it, it's always drawn traditionally where and like between the eyes where a nose should be, like where the yeah. the bottom of his the purple ends. Yeah. But sometimes again, it, just because if that was how it was in the games, I wouldn't care. But it's just yeah. like Mike gets me. This, he's, this, changing, this, he's changing. He's changing. Does this end Chuck's this conversation? <laughs> does this end this conversation? Are you satisfied now? I don't know. I don't. I don't longer have to bring it up now because I know. Okay. That. Good. Good. <laughs> I won't be. I won't sit here and quite and quite and. Quiet embarrassment now. <laughs> you still love me, Jonathan. I um, know. I can't. I can't stop loving you. That's the real tragedy. We have. Um, you brought up a bit about um, about advice for um, colorists, but at Hedgehog Parker asks any advice for people wanting to improve their skills. Like, well, what techniques would you could you recommend to get better at the craft of coloring? Um, sure. I mean, like uh, you know, like it's uh, it's all. Uh, it's all Photoshop nowadays, you know, like, so, so definitely, uh, get in that program and learn that program. But like, uh, as far as improving and everything, like, I mean, like it's, it's a lot of the same principles that you will find, uh, in, in terms of painting and all that, you know, like it's, it's a lot of, you know, like, uh, uh, play with palettes, uh, you know, like study, study color wheel and all that. 
just kind of experiment, honestly. Like, uh, uh, that's the biggest thing, you know, like, uh, the, the best way to improve is to continue to do it. Uh, you know, like, uh, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's practice. Um, so, you know, like, uh, uh, and not to get too, uh, get too hung up on it, essentially, you know, like, uh, uh, try something, uh, and then move on to the next thing. Like, don't, don't just, uh, sit there and debate about the choices you've made on something, you know, like, uh, uh, cause in a professional setting, you're never going to have the, the time to, to be, uh, second guessing yourself, essentially, you know, like, uh, uh, go with your gut, try something, experiment with it move on to the next page, try something new, and experiment. Hmm. Cool. Um, we have a few questions from the Bumble King forums. We have Kellogg's asks, um, which Sonic-related character do you have the hardest time drawing? Uh, hardest time drawing? Uh, it used to be Amy, but uh, <laughs> nowadays it's Sally. Oh, really? Sally? Uh, yeah, I... Sally's face is kind of hard, and, uh, like, especially now that she's gotten kind of the redesign and everything, yeah. like, I, I don't know, like, I, I have a really hard time, uh, getting, getting that, uh, getting it to look quite correct. How often, uh, do you break out, like, a, a pencil and a paper, um, nowadays, since your, your full-time job is coloring? Hmm. Sure. Um, not too often like i'll still like you know like i've I've got lots of papers and stuff on on my desk that are covered with doodles and all that because uh i'll i'll kill time while i wait the the five ten minutes for a file to save (laughs) um but like uh uh for the most part like i still get to do some drawing every now and again uh for for projects outside of comics Mm. um but you know like uh it's it's not a lot like uh uh definitely I remember when I was wanting to be a penciler and I remember the hours and hours and hours that I would spend at the drawing table. And, uh, that has definitely gone down, uh, now that my, my main, uh, my main thing is coloring. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And, uh, and you kind of brought it up and you kind of, um, kind of touched on it earlier, but, uh, okay. Six to again on Bumble King just asks any, I mean, I think I already answered this, but I just said again, any plans of pencil in comics again? While you're quite, while you're quite the colorist, I'd be happy to see more of your charming line work. Ah, that's cool. Um, yeah, no, like not, uh, not really, but like, uh, you know, it would always be, I think fun to do like, uh, like, uh, sometimes we do like backstories and stuff. Yeah. Uh, mm. like little five pagers and all that. So I would, uh, I think it'd be fun to go back and maybe do one of those, like where I got to pencil and color my own stuff. Uh, but like, it's, it's again, like it's one of those things that uh, like logistically we'd have to work it out because I am not as skilled in penciling uh, specifically in layouts. Like uh, layouts are where I struggle. Mm-hmm. Like uh, if, uh, if I have all the time in the world, I could probably put together eventually, uh, you know, like some decent looking layouts, but like, uh, for the speed at which the comic book making process needs to happen, uh, it is not my forte. Okay, well maybe like, um, how about an off-panel? Free, there you go. Sure. Yeah, no, th- those would be fun. I like how I'm saying that, like I have the power to do that. There you go, Matt, you're going to do an off-panel now. You do have glasses well, on you. right now. You're very authoritative. <laughs> um, go into your to your um, demon art for the last few paid uh, questions. I gotta say, uh, the greatest, the greatest question possibly in human history. 
comes from Sunil Gurpa. What would you do if you woke up one day and you were Drake Bell? Oh gosh, I uh, I don't know who Drake Bell is. <laughs> I think that's the best answer. <laughs> he's um he's the guy that currently voices Spider Man on Ultimate Spider Man from Drake and Josh. Oh, okay. uh, yeah, and and from that uh, Nick show Drake and, and Josh. Josh. I'm not much of you. I'm not a fan of his, of his acting per se, but he's a he's funny as hell he's on a Twitter. Handsome man. He's funny as heck you on know? Twitter. When especially well, when I'd like to be handsome, so, uh, <laughs> that would work out. I think that's the biggest thing that's going through him. He's he's a handsome man. He he, see, he plays guitar and sings. Like he'd sing occasionally on that show. I'm not paying attention to that. No, I'm just looking you know at what I'm paying attention to? <laughs> <laughs> that hair. <laughs> Having a quick. Oh. See, the, the, we ran into this with um, Jennifer Hernandez. Whenever we ask people to ask questions, occasionally we'll get like we'll get like story questions, yeah. like will X character reappearance? Like the artists aren't gonna know that, you know, right? Oh yeah, send, no. Send, I, send I that saw a couple Ian. of those, and I was like, ah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like ask Ian, you know, uh, ask right? ask someone that uh, like uh, like Paul, Paul, Paul. For a lot of those, Paul's the one that you know can like well Hershey and Jeff, and it's like he probably can't even you know. Yeah, I'm got yeah. like <laughs> no idea. <laughs> I'm going through, and I think... Okay, here's one. Um, Tangled the Hedgehog asks, what other companies have you worked for besides Archie? And the what other titles that you worked on that isn't related to Sonic or Mega Man was your favorite? Okay. Um, well, like, uh, uh, I guess, like, for comic book-wise, like, uh, uh, I have not done a lot outside of Archie. Like, I've done the Hero Cat stuff uh, for, for Action Lab, and I did a book called Extinctioners, I think. Uh, I colored that uh, for a company called Angry Viking Press uh, back in 2009. Um, you know, like, so uh, out of the two of those, like, my, my real favorite, like, I really enjoyed uh, doing the Hero Cat stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a really cute book. Um, like, other companies that I've worked for, like, I mean, like, uh, outside of comics is, like, uh, uh, I've done some illustration stuff for, for Hasbro toys. Oh, really? Uh, I've done, oh yeah, no, that was really cool. Like I, I got invited to a, uh, freelance fair, uh, oh, yeah? way back in 2008. Uh, so a friend and I, uh, drove up from DC where we were at the time to, uh, Rhode Island, their headquarters. And like, you walk into Hasbro HQ and it's basically like, you know, like Willy Wonka's chocolate factory. <laughs> Uh, like, it was so surreal to be there, you know. Is there like, a giant uh, Optimus Prime? Uh, I actually got to draw Optimus Prime. Oh, so that, oh that was, nice! That was the gig that I walked away from, from that fair. Like, I got to draw Optimus Prime. Uh, I think it got unused for anything. Uh, so, what toy, uh, like, was it, was it for any specific, um, like, sub, was it like the movies, the one of the cartoons? Animated? Uh, it was the, it was movie version, live action okay. movie, which I was like, oh, hell. <laughs> <laughs> got to do like i got to draw some uh marvel uh superheroes for them for their uh superhero squad line uh oh, which i think nice. also went unused uh, uh but it's still cool you know like it's still like oh well you know like it it never materialized in anything but i still got to work for hasbro yeah that's awesome uh and then uh the only other thing i've done is uh i work for a company that does uh ios uh ports of sega cd games uh, oh. So uh, they did a 
The Mine first so. one they ever did uh, was uh, a port of the RPG, uh, I forget if it's pronounced Bay or Bai, um, and this was back in 2008, and uh, it was really cool. Like, they had me do, like, all the background, uh, battle background artwork for this RPG. Like, they had me redo it and everything. Oh, nice. uh, they actually had me try and, uh, like, recreate the Sega CD cutscenes, like, frame by frame, which <laughs> thankfully was not a lot of frames, because it was Sega yeah. CD. Um, <laughs> and actually, I think, uh, like, I think Ian voiced one of the characters in it, too. Oh, no! Nice. Wow. Did, uh, where's, uh, please, please tell me Night Trap, one of the games you guys worked on. No, we Damn. haven't <laughs> Night Trap, maybe someday. We also did, um, the most recent one is they did, uh, the RPG, uh, Lunar, uh, the Silver Star. Okay, uh, yeah. Ported to iOS, and, uh, that one, like, of all the ones that I've done, like, uh, outside of comics, that one's one of my favorites, because Lunar was a big RPG for me as a kid. Oh, cool. Uh, and in fact, that's how I ended up getting this gig, is, uh... Uh, like, you never know, like, when opportunity is going to strike. Like, I was, like, at an anime con, and there was this guy there, uh, and he was, like, cosplaying uh, a character from this RPG, and no one had recognized him at all, Aww. this whole convention. And he's walking by, and I call out the character's name, like, because I'm so excited to be seeing this, you know? Like, I'm like, holy crap, like, I can't believe someone knows this game. <laughs> uh, and he's... He is also like, holy crap, I can't believe someone knows this game! You know? <laughs> uh, and we strike up a friendship from there, and then, like, a couple years later, he's like, yeah, so I also, like, you know, like, own, like, I'm a co-owner in a small video game company that does uh, iOS games and stuff, and would you like a job? And I was like, well, this, absolutely, and also, this is going to be a really interesting anecdote to tell when I explain to ha people how I broke into this business. <laughs> Matt, just like Matt, like your story is like you, 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 you've made a career out of working on things you loved as a child through friendships, and all this means to me is I gotta find better friends because I ain't getting no connections from nowhere. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> well, you can um, work at the pizza shop that I work at. <laughs> I do like pizza. Done. It's a deal. <laughs> well, Matt, I think that um, I think that wraps up for our question, Jonathan. Unless you have anything else to say. Uh, no. I, well, then, Matt, I say thank you so much. It's been an, an absolute pleasure to uh, sit here and waste almost two hours of your time. <laughs> no problem, guys. Thank uh, you so much. A lot of fun. Thank you very much for having me on. Oh, you're welcome. So, um, would you would you like to um, reveal some of your plugs, like your your DeviantArt mm -hmm. website, Twitter, what have you? Oh, sure. Uh, yeah, no, like uh, on DeviantArt, uh, it's uh, Herms85, so H-E-R-M-S 85.deviantart.com. Uh, I've uh, been on there for 12 years, so that's a very long commitment. Damn, 12 years. <laughs> yep. Uh, and uh, my Twitter is uh, just uh, at Matt Hearns, M-A-T-T-H-E-R-M-S. So, uh, and that tends to be where I put stuff uh, first, usually, in terms of like uh, uh, new art and uh, comic book previews. And I have a Tumblr, and I'm not really sure what that is, because uh, I'm old. <laughs> So, and I don't even know what the address is for that. So, uh, <laughs> well, Matt, thank you so much. And we, we certainly look forward to uh, seeing more of your amazing work in the upcoming months in the uh, bravest books you've got. Ah, thank you very much. Thanks so much for having me. You're welcome. Good night, okay. everyone. Bleh. If I had to choose between... Subscribing to an FTCR podcast or giving it a five-star review, 
or owning a tank, I'd have to think about it.